Listen. Welcome to the Dotcast from Nine Dots. Nine Dots is the online learning community for wedding photographers. Find out more about Nine Dots membership and our annual conference, the Nine Dots Gathering, at nine-dots.co. Hello there, citizen of the world. My name is Adam Johnson. I'm your host here on the Dotcast and one of the co-founders of Nine Dots, along with fellow wedding photographers Andy Gaines and Rahul Kona. If you're a regular listener, you'll know since episode 21, we've been in series two of the Dotcast, and I've been having good chats with photographers about life, the universe and everything, but mainly wedding photography. It's been fun, and I'm loving the insight into how people's minds all work a little differently. This episode is a conversation with Ian Weldon. You may be aware of Ian as the guy who loudly proclaims he is not a wedding photographer. He even wrote a book full of photos he'd taken at weddings titled, I am not a wedding photographer. Do you think I can get him to say he's a wedding photographer before the end of this episode? All will be revealed. In all seriousness, we'll talk about what Ian really means when he says he's not a wedding photographer, why he's single-mindedly focused on making the work that he feels represents him, how an email from Martin Parr gave him renewed purpose for photographing weddings, and, well, we talk about all sorts of other documentary photography stuff too. We're all ears, so if you want to talk to us, send us comments or suggestions or questions, find us on Instagram or Facebook, or email us at hello at nine-dots.co. This is not a podcast. Knowing me, Adam Johnson, knowing you, Ian Weldon. Aha. <laughs> Aha. How are you, Ian Weldon? Um, I'm doing all right, mate. Um, I think, well, hopefully, I think things are starting to get back to some sort of normal. Uh, or, or, or at least there is some light at the end of the tunnel. And I don't think things will be the same again. Uh, hey, man, I don't think I'll be the same again. So... That's well, well, we'll get into that. Well, this, I feel like this is going to be a borderline therapy session based on, based <laughs> on what we've talked about. Before. Yeah, for both. Maybe for both, dude. Maybe for both. Now, so we only met for the first time this year in February when we when uh, you were speaking at Doc Day and I was there pimping out nine dots. Yeah, you were peddling um, your wares. Or? I was peddling. I was peddling. I was peddling hard. It's funny because I, I'd never, I mean, I was, I was aware of you as being Ian Weldon, not a wedding photographer, but where did that, where did that come from to begin with? You know, the whole declaration of, I am not a wedding photographer. I think it just came from, I, I started photographing weddings, um, as a way to make money. And I understand, uh, that for the most part, wedding photography is commercial photography. You know, there's expectation from a client, there's expectation um, from the industry itself. Um, And it's about applying, I suppose, a popular um, aesthetic to the wedding to keep yourself current. And I just didn't see myself as that. I mean, when I first started, I maybe shot a few weddings in that kind of guise and gone, right, well, it needs to look like this because that's what's expected or it needs to do this and I need to get this shot and I need to get that shot. And doing it, solely for um, commercial purposes, that would have been a viable route. And I've found out quite quickly that maybe after a a few months of shooting weddings, I don't know how many weddings exactly, that I was making photographs um, in between the expected shots um, that were um, of more of a documentary style, more of a documentary nature, um, and with more of um, a personal approach, if I can call it that. I found that the more that I shot that and the more that I showed that work, the more that um, I was kind of on that path. And weddings became, although I was shooting weddings to make money to work on other documentary projects, I mean, nine years ago, 10 years ago, if it's that long, 
Um, I didn't really understand what a documentary project was. I didn't really, I, I just had this great interest in photography history and understanding um, of kind of what came before. And I, f- I feel like what I'd done is I'd started to learn my skills metaphorically as, as far as uh, photography was concerned. And I was trying to pl- apply that to weddings themselves. And in that sense, it became the project that I was looking to do outside of weddings. So it wasn't that I am wedding photographers are bad and I am not a wedding photographer. I am good. It was just more of a case of like, that's what wedding photographers do. And I'm not doing that. I'm approaching it as a project and every wedding that I shot was adding to that body of work. So it came from that. It wasn't a case of like, yeah, I I didn't like wedding photographers. Like everybody's got a job to do somewhere and hey, you know. So that, that's that's where it came from. I think wedding photographers in general can be quite a defensive bunch, and see, seeing that you know that headline, "I am not a wedding photographer." If you don't if you don't read past it, right. it can seem like I don't know. It can seem like a a negative slant on the profession, mm-hmm. I guess, in a way. And it mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that in any way, does it? I no, mean, no, was, not at all. I mean, you explain it very concisely, beautifully concisely on the on your website. And my favorite line on the on the on the kind of about not being a wedding photographer is that it's a sort of photographic democracy where one photograph is no more important than any other, where all things are equal, people are the same as objects, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then you talk about dancing and wine, doorknobs and fancy lights and funny faces. Yeah. Where, where did where did doorknobs come from in that in that mixture? I think that um, about was written from beginning to end in one, like, right, I need to write something. It needs to convey what it is that... I'm trying to do as a photographer rather than what other people want to hear. And I don't know, I'm interested in architectural aspects. I am interested in all of that kind of stuff. And I think that the people who choose specific venues for the people that I shoot for um, are interested in that kind of stuff as well. So it was conveying the idea that like everything's important on that day and applying what I understand about photography to the day rather than trying to apply some idea of what it should look like. So like doorknobs and arches and um, ceiling fans and everything, but that's no less or no more important than the bride getting a look from a grandma or a father or kids pulling funny faces or the flowers or anything. It's, it's as I say, it's, it's a photographic democracy. And if, I mean, one of your, I guess, more well-known photographs is the, the, is the grandma with the, <laughs> the hair drying hat yeah. thing on, you know, plugged into the hair dryer. And on, if you look at that totally on face value to begin with, uh, you know, when you just see the photo, you think, why is the, why is he, why is he included the dresser with all the crap on the corner of the dresser? Mm-hmm. But I think when you understand you and your approach and that, that photographic mm-hmm. democracy approach, you think, well, you must've thought at that time, it, 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 I need that in. Um, Sort of, in a way, I think that my approach allows for that to be included rather than some intelligent notion of what I should shouldn't. So it's <laughs> um that that photograph itself though, everybody talks about that one. It's like I've taken a load more, you know. I've yeah. got ten years of photographs. I might uh, mention but, one or two more, don't worry throughout. Yeah, I've got I've got one or two more, I think, um, that are good. Um, but I mean that shot I was at um it was up in Scotland somewhere and I was travelling home after the wedding, so the place I was staying, I had to take everything with me on the morning. Um, so everything was packed into bags, and we I couldn't find the place that it was. There were little holiday cottage kind of things, um, and that was the groom's 
uh, grandmother. And I, he had to come and wave me in and find. So it was all a little bit flustered on the morning. And I walked into that room, put the bags down. And the first thing you do really is like kind of where's the light coming from and where do I need to be? And I look window and I turn around and she's just sitting there with this thing on her head. So I, like, I dive into my bag, pull the camera out, like frame the shot as quickly as I can, make the shot and then check it. It's two stops underexposed. I haven't like done anything. I haven't checked the camera and look up again and it's all gone. She's got the hat off and there's, and it's completely gone. So I don't know. It's, uh, that was a really kind of just get the shot kind of moment. Do you think a lot of your work is that is just get the shot kind of moments in a way? I think so. I think what I have to do um, is respond to um, every, I, I, not just every wedding, but every kind of scene in every situation as it unfolds. And I feel that if I go in with any kind of plan, I'm thinking about the plan rather than responding to what's in front of me. And I think that in all of the photographs, in everything that I do, whether it be weddings, whether it be commercial work, whether it be personal projects, the it's always the same. The subject is always my relationship to the subject. It's not the subject itself. I remember watching you when we were at Doc Day and we, wa- we were walking up to the bar. I mean, most good stories start this way, don't they? Uh, walking up to the bar and there were two two girls stood at the bar with the same dress on. And I just remember you very, very quickly flipping your phone out, putting it on camera, taking a picture because yeah. it was two girls wearing the same dress. Yeah. And I think I think that split second was an insight into entirely how your mind works with photography. Right. It's like, right. oh, there's a thing that I really want to capture and it's going to be gone in in a second and I've got to do it right now. And, that, right. and to me... I just remember watching you do it and kind of grinning and going, oh, there, that's Ian Weldon in a nutshell. Right, sort of. I mean, uh, what I'm doing is I'm photographing what is of interest to me through, I don't know, not just my understanding of what photography is, but through my life experience and who I am. And I think when we start looking at wedding photography or the industry of wedding photography, um, we people whatever is successful and whatever is trendy that's what people do. Whatever the uh, industry expects as far as kind of editorial, how cakes are shot, how dresses are shot. Somebody does it who maybe has a voice and then everybody starts to steer towards that because that's the way that it's done. And I've never been comfortable doing that kind of thing. I've tried, but I just it just doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't feel right. I mean, you talk about you talk about the kind of the past and everything else and you've got, I, w- I mean, let's describe your past as colourful. Indeed, it is. It's definitely colourful because you've done, I mean, there's a list on your website of the jobs that you've done over the years, ranging from milkman to uh, ski instructors, obviously the comedy one that you talk about a bit on there, <laughs> uh, obviously photographer, soldier, uh, yeah. and kind of everything in between in a way. So how, I mean, that's a lot of life experience in a lot of different ways of life, I suppose. So that must mean a lot of, a lot of different things in the way that you see the world now are interesting to you because of all that experience, I suppose. Yeah, of course. And I can kind of have, I don't know how, how I could really explain it, but um, if we look at everything that I've ever done and we, if we take things from everything you've ever done in your life and you learn from that, then it certainly makes for a, a more interesting viewpoint. I'm not, I don't have a singular mindset, you know, it's um, like I'm interested in all manner of things and uh, that's, that brings to my photography and in the same way any artist would use their life experience and understanding um that's what i'm doing so as i mentioned earlier the all of the the personal projects and weddings themselves what you're seeing is not a representation of the subject it's my relationship to that subject that you're 
that you're seeing and it, it's if we for want of a better phrase unfiltered I mean, I, I definitely think that's the, that is the that's the word to use, it, isn't it? And as well, I think what comes across not just in your wedding work, obviously, there's loads of other projects that you've done, you know, commercial, personal weddings. Mm-hmm. It's just that you're very kind of obsessed in a way with the quirks of the human, quirks of the of a human. You know, it's yes, just, of course. Uh, whether that is uh, the way you shoot weddings, or whether it's the you know shooting a bodybuilding competition in a social a, a working men's club or, you know, festival life and all the rest of it. You're not really trying to make anything look beautiful. You're just, you're just thinking, well, that's interesting. Yes, and yeah. And there's a yeah. picture of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in people in general because I think what photography did for me, If uh, talking about kind of my um, previous, my life before photography and then photography came along, photography in some ways kind of saved me um, from... Um, the destruction that I, I suppose we're all capable of it in, of it in some ways, but I think that um, I can easily be led down that wrong path. So photography not only saved me, it, it helped me to understand the world around me. And up until that point, you're just kind of um, flying on, you're, you're on autopilot. And then once I started to study the world around me, it became apparent that I wasn't the only fucking idiot out there in, in the nicest possible way. You know, like everybody's like mad as shit and photographing people and kind of studying that and getting to um, shoot in working men. I grew up around working men's clubs anyway, but the things that go on there, like the 50s rock and roll night. So you've got like a guy who sits behind a desk uh, 45 hours a week crunching numbers, gets dressed up in cowboy outfits and just dances like nobody's watching. And like fucking great. It makes me realize I'm not the only crazy bastard out there like everybody is. And it, that, that with that, it brings some kind of peace, you know? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I want to go and see this guy, uh, this, <laughs> the, the accounting guy. But um, I remember as well, another thing that you kind of talked about is, uh, and somebody, it was, I think it was during like question and answer time, after maybe after your talk at Doc Day, um, somebody said they were a documentary photographer and your instant response was what's your project? What's your yeah. current project? Yeah. Because you definitely believe that if you're a document, if you call yourself a documentary photographer or want to be a documentary photographer, your only project can't be weddings. Yes, absolutely. Or your family. And I'm not right. saying that people shouldn't photograph the family or document their family, but I believe that a role of a documentary photographer is to show people aspects of life that they wouldn't normally get to see. Stories around I don't know, like as as we've already mentioned, bodybuilding and line dancing and uh, rock and roll uh, festivals and things like that. Um, there has you have to put some work in, man. You have to you've got to contact people. You've got to get people on board with what it is that you're doing. You have to um, shooting a wedding is different. Photographing your own family is different. I'm not saying again. It's not like, hey, I'm a documentary photographer and I do all of, the, I shoot all of these things, and you only shoot your family because that's important to them. I, I think we have to be careful about what we say a documentary photographer is. We can shoot in a documentary style, but then good documentary photographers don't have a style; they have a process, and the photographs are a consequence of that process. What was your first project? What I first started doing was shooting portraits, and I got bored with that. Um, then I started shooting weddings. I think weddings really were my first project. They were the th- that, that was the thing that turned into a project. And that was the thing that really started me thinking about, or, or really started me on a path to understand what I would then have to do to become, uh, t- to document other aspects of life. Um, working men's clubs has been around for a long time. 
Um, also, the festival stuff's been around for quite a while, but I didn't really get going with anything serious until maybe two years ago, two and a half years ago, thinking about, I suppose, weddings, how long I could shoot weddings for, uh, how viable that was, and then getting back to an understanding that I really started this to make money to work on other projects. And once the wedding work got some recognition, um, after me banging my head against a brick wall for seven years, you know, like the, the art world and documentary world weren't interested in it. And because it was wedding photography and the wedding photography industry weren't interested in it because it wasn't what was perceived as wedding photography. It wasn't like, what the fuck are you doing? Like kind of thing. So I was in this little bit of a no man's land. Um, luckily it got picked up and that kind of spurred me on to start working on other projects and things that interested me and just aspects of life, man, um, culture, leisure. Uh, tradition, all of those things I'm interested in. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, it helps me to understand the world around me in turn helps me understand myself. You've, you've taken me to a fork in the road. Well, actually it's like a, yeah, an actual fork with four prongs. I don't know which way to take this now. You've, there's a lot in that, but just to, on the wedding side of things, I mean, you talk about banging your head against a brick wall for a long time and yeah. a lot of, I guess a lot of people, you know, a lot of, uh, not in a, I mean, maybe it is quite negative, but a lot of people will do the work that gets them the most attention or mm-hmm. gets them the most positive reaction. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're saying is you, you've just believed in, you believed in the work you were making, even though it maybe wasn't getting you the kind of reaction you wanted for a while. Uh, and then it did. But how do you, how, what's your tips really for kind of staying on the path that you really believe in? Well, if you believe in it, then why should you consider what anybody else thinks, man? And trying to control what somebody else thinks about you or your work is totally futile. It's a point, it's a pointless endeavor. You know, if you enjoy shooting weddings and you're, I'm not really invested in weddings as a thing. Um, do you know, like weddings, it's just another ceremony. It's just, a, it's another thing. I'm interested in the projects surrounding weddings. I'm interested in, in, in the people. Um, but I'm not interested in like cute, flower girls and beautiful dresses and all of the things that all of the weddingy stuff I'm not really interested in. So like for me, I couldn't go and shoot that and feel comfortable with it. Man, just like we've got, we've got one lap. That's, that's all we get one lap. Why spend that doing something that you're either not interested in as something you don't feel comfortable with or to please other people. If you're invested in weddings and you love weddings and all the cutesy pomp and ceremony and all that, fucking amazing. You can get all gooey over everything about that wedding and photograph it and be involved with that. That's just not me, man. So, like, just do things to please yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, be selfish. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But in the best possible way, because being selfish, if you do, if you make things best for you, you can, first of all, paddle your own boat then you can then make things better for the people around you. And that's all that really matters. Could not agree more. So, but then you talk about, obviously, after these years of banging your heads against brick wall, it was kind of picked up. And what was the moment where you thought, oh, somebody gets it? When I got an email from Martin Parr. What did it, what, what did the email say? <laughs> um, it was something along the lines that, so, I mean, I've told this story a few times, so people may have heard it. I'm lying in bed and I, like scrolling through my emails like I do. Um, Helen's up kind of getting in ready for work and um, I get one email. was I was speaking at a photography conference in Barcelona. I didn't realize until I got there it was predominantly wedding photographers. Like, All right, okay, so I'll get back to that. 
Because uh, I, I mean, they come through now and again, and it's like, and somebody said, I'd look at your work, blah, blah, blah. What gear do you use? That's what usually happens. Anyway, um, I'd, I'd, I'd answered a couple of emails, went back to it, read through the same thing again. Um, and it, it was like somebody said that I should have a look at your work. I did. It looks great, or words to that effect. Uh, we should meet Martin Parr. And I'm like, what? Like, eh? Helen! <laughs> Martin Parr sent me a fucking email. Because really, for, um, for a photographer like Martin, that, what, 10 years ago, not only um, helped me understand what photography could be, in, in that process, that fundamentally changed me as a human being. You know? And for the work to be recognized, by somebody that I have so much admiration for as a photographer, his work ethic, everything that he's done, his promotion of um, British photography, um, British documentary photography, for him to go, like, I like, I like what you're doing, and then offer me um, a, an exhibition and I co-published the book and wrote the foreword, it's just like, yeah, man, it's the greatest of compliment for me. That's, and nothing that came from that was by design. You know, I didn't enter into this going, I want an exhibition in a gallery. I, I want a book. I want the, I want it to go viral. It got picked up worldwide, man. It was absolutely insane. And we got the stats back and worldwide through readership uh, or expected readership. It was like 1.5 billion views, man. It's mind boggling, isn't it? That is a mind boggling number. It really is. And what did that do for your, because I guess at that point you might have been, I don't know, disheartened is the right word, but if you do feel, if you had been feeling like you were banging your head against a brick wall mm-hmm. and suddenly mm-hmm. you threw the other side of this wall, how did it feel at that point? Well, I think I would say that maybe six months before I got that email, I was winding down with weddings. I was like, I'm, I'm done, man. I've had enough. It's just like, I, I think that I've got what I need as far as a project's concerned. Um, and I was considering maybe just doing something else, you know, completely. Who knows? Get a, I don't know, a buddy van. <laughs> you know, with you is, I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's like that kind of thing. I'll just get a buddy van and go fucking surfing on a weekend, and that, like, I, I can just get on and do that. And then I got the email, which sort of reinvigorated what it is that I was doing. But where did it go after that? Was the question. No, how did you feel really once you were through that other side of the of the brick wall? Man, well, I still don't think I am. To be fair. I just right. felt like that I got it. You know, like we just never knocked one brick out. We never quite get there. The pendulum yeah. swings from bad to good, but never quite reaches either side. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. Well, I felt as though when it got the recognition, I did feel as though that all oh, right, I'm, I'm not. It, it, it is a viable um, way of doing it uh, because I mean, it's not easy when for like nearly ten years. You've always got people going, ah, you shouldn't really do it. You get emails from people on the other side of the world going, it's fucking shit. I don't know what, I don't, what are you playing at? This is not wedding photography. You're not an interesting photographer. It's like, did you have to take the time out of your day to tell me that? (laughs) You know? But no, man, I feel like you would expect with all of the um, exposure that came from that, that the phone would be ringing off the hook. It's not. I did start picking up more commercial work or more lucrative commercial work. So, my whole thing about starting to shoot shooting weddings to make money to work on other personal projects, yeah, it, it, like I'm starting now, or I was before COVID came, to get some, make some proper money, man. You know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's not about that, but it would nice to like get paid for the 15 years that I put into it. <laughs> yeah, you know? it would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
One day, one day, Rodders. I mean, just l- remind me to come back to the commercial work, but just going back to the whole documentary, having projects and all that kind of thing. How, and you mentioned that it's not just the kind of thing, you know, you can't just walk into a, you can't just walk, walk into a working men's club today and hope that something's going on in there. So you, but how do you plan for these, for these documentary projects? You just have to make uh, connections, man. Uh, get contacts and speak to people. And what I did, what, it's bizarre the amount of resistance that I came up against as far as, especially the working men's clubs. Uh, people are really suspicious about what it is that you're doing. And I think that that's only really been a problem since social media right. and digital photography. Because beforehand, people didn't know where the pictures were going. They didn't really have an understanding. They might get in a paper or you know, they might be used in a magazine, but people didn't really uh, make that connection. Now, it's all, well, what are you doing with the pictures? You put them on that Facebook, aren't you? Well, maybe some might go on Facebook, but you, you do understand that it's part of a wider project. And what I'm trying to do is create a document of our time around this subject, or at least my relationship to um, this subject. And before they all go away, it's like I went to one which was local. Uh, I found the best way to do it is go in and speak to people, you know, face to face, because so much can get lost in emails and messages and all of that kind of thing. And it's easy for people to not get back to you if you do that. So face to face, if possible, is always uh, the best, I think. Or, uh, that's what works best for me. But I went into one club and he was saying that, how do I know that you're not checking to see where all the security cameras are so you can come back and rob us? Right, okay, mate. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's just back out of all of your issues for a second <laughs> and talk about what it is that I'm trying to do. It says a lot but, about your first impression as well, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 indeed. Indeed. It's like, yeah, you look like a thug. I don't look like a thug. I've got long hair. <laughs> you're a 21st century thug now yeah 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 um, indeed. But so, so it's a lot it's a lot of persistence and it's a lot of maybe educating people on why you're doing what you're doing as well um yeah i mean i think educating people is um probably too strong a word but just getting yeah, sure. the communication right you yeah. know I don't, I don't want to kind of change people's minds. I just want, like, if they don't understand, I think that's partly my problem for not communicating what it is that I'm doing correctly. So in all of the rejections that you get, you learn to kind of adjust your approach and how how best to let people know that you're doing it for them as well. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess that that's the thing, isn't it, really? I mean, where so first of all, so one of your projects, and my favourite one, is the bodybuilding competitions in, in working men's clubs. It's well, well, it's the, where they t- the two crossed over, wasn't it? You were doing bodybuilding on one hand and mm-hmm. you were doing working men's clubs on the other hand and then somehow well, the, was, the two worlds yeah. met. Sort of. I mean, I was doing a project on working men's clubs. Um, I mean, that's that's ongoing. It's, it's not like I did it. And, and what I tried to do a couple of years ago is try to categorise all, right, I'm doing a project on this, I'm doing a project on that, I'm doing a project on this. And I found that um, that was just making things more complicated and it, it all just becomes one thing. Right. You know, um, it's a document of kind of mostly life in the north of England yeah. uh, at this time. But I was doing the working men's clubs thing. And then um, I would just happen to talk to a guy that works in the gym that I go to who mentioned that he was training his girlfriend for, a, for her first bodybuilding competition. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But where's that at? And he mentioned like a working men's club over in like Gateshead. <laughs> it was just like, how the fuck do I get into that? <laughs> you know, so I like I, I said to him, "Listen, dude, like off straight away, like I've been doing a thing on workmen's clubs. I would love to be able to do that and get in there." He went, "Oh, I'll give you the details of the guy who runs it." So I spoke to him, went to see him, um, and he was like, "Well, I mean, I get 
where he was coming from when he said, like, can I see some of your work as well? Because a lot of people, they'll come and just t- kind of take the piss and it's a serious thing. And I'm not in the business of taking the piss out of people, but they're not going to be beautiful. They're going to be like, they, they are probably going to be funny, you know, yeah. but everybody's, it's not like I'm taking the piss out of people. I'm having fun with people, but things are ridiculous all of the time. So it's, I'm just, are ridiculous to me so that's what i'm photographing and we got to, we, we got to a point where he said yeah yeah come along and do it right and i did it and just like man it was amazing and that put me in contact with a lot of um a lot of the athletes um which then went on to kind of photographing them and projects on them and the, um a lot of the people that i spoke to especially the female bodybuilders they would like they'd come through like all manner of issues mental health abuse um health issues and like bodybuilding kind of saved them from that you know um so there's an offshoot of that which is female bodybuilders as well and it's utterly ridiculous but utterly serious at exactly the same time and i think that if i can capture that in my photographs that's sort of the goal because that's life itself it's like pretty serious but it's utterly ridiculous all at the same time yeah and i think that sums up you in in a lot of ways as well because on, on, in, in a lot of ways, you're a very, very serious guy, but in this, at the same time, you're very, very lighthearted with it as well. So I think yeah, it sum, sums up you. But I think, The only uh, thing I'm serious about is not being too serious. Like it. Uh, there you go. You know? It's a mantra. That, that's something for your, for your headstone when you when <laughs> For you're, a T-shirt. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so fast forward. And, I mean, I guess none of these uh, personal projects are in any way paid. It's just because that's something you want to do and something that's mm-hmm. kind of keeps your juices flowing, your documentary juices flowing. Yeah, absolutely. But also the personal work um, will lead on to commercial work. Perfect link. You've, you've, you've dropped the link in for me. So talking about commercial work, which a lot of which I guess, and I've got another question about weddings, but I'll try and remember mm-hmm. that for after. But yeah. a lot of the commercial work most came out of, I guess, the profile that you got from the recognition from Martin Parr and the exhibition in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And some of that's been... I mean, you were telling me in in Dublin, they're quite lucrative. Yeah, yeah. But, this, but at the same time, some of it is you were you were not sure whether they kind of understood what kind of photographer you were. They were just going, "Oh well, he's a well he's a well known name at the moment." We'll yeah, have yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And how, yeah, how yeah, do you yeah. how do you balance that? Well, especially with the um, Huawei gig where I shot the wedding on the on on the mobile phone, it was they wanted a wedding photographer, and because I had such a high profile at the time. They thought I was a wedding photographer, not really realizing that Ian Weldon is not a wedding photographer. <laughs> but um, I, th- see, there has to be some sort of, uh, everybody has to be happy at the end of the day. I had to be happy with what it is that I was doing. The client had to be happy with the images that they got, and they were. So yeah. I shot it in my way and put in a couple of images that I knew that they wanted to use as their kind of thing. And like, I, Hey, I'm not beyond commercializing what I do. And yeah. The amount of people who said, hey, well, it is sold out. What do you mean I sold out? I didn't buy in. I'm not, I'm not quite <laughs> sure what that means. I sold out by taking on a job that paid me a decent, a decent win. I was happy with it. The client was happy with it. Um, I got to ex- do, do something that I probably wouldn't have done I, I, in shooting a wedding on a mobile phone. Um, and a, a lot of that really was to see if it actually could be done, to see if I, well, to see if I could do it. I know people have done it in the past, um, but to do it in a way that would kind of show that it's not about the gear man, it's about the photographer. And I think that I did that well enough to put my name to it. 
I'd agree. I would agree with you. Yeah. Just just as a side note, footnote, whatever you want to call it, note, you are obsessed with the history of photography. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we won't bother going into that on this episode because you have your own podcast called the Outer Focus Podcast. Which is on a hiatus at the moment. It's on hiatus, but there's a lot of past episodes where people can catch up with it and uh, where you chat about um, certain photographers and certain part, uh, elements of the history of photography. So I would definitely recommend going and giving that a listen. Because that's that kind of goes into what you're saying, really, about that. It's, it's not about the gear; it's about the the process and the the mind of the photographer behind it, and all the rest of yeah, it. So, of um, but I, I guess that links in a way to what you were saying earlier about weddings. In the in that you've always kind of seen weddings, maybe not as much as as you're talking about the Huawei gig, but weddings are a commercial job as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's but obviously the beauty now of weddings and you is that you're hired to do weddings in the way that you do weddings most of the time. I would have thought. Right. Uh, well, I'm like all of the time. Do you ever get it though? Even now, where where somebody goes, oh, well, that's a, Ian Weldon's a well-known name. Or do you find that once they once you speak to him, then and maybe give him a bit of a lowdown on how you work and why you work the way you do, and uh, maybe that puts some people off? Or I would like to think that I have got the communication right on my website. So when people um, go there, they're not going to contact me expecting something else. You know, it's not like. And again, um, even up until a couple of years ago, people say, "What do people think about the pictures that they get?" Like they're on board from the beginning. I'm not hoodwink. <laughs> I'm not hoodwinking them into thinking that I'm doing one thing and then going, ha ha, here's some pictures that you might not like. <laughs> they get it. They're on board, you know? So, and that comes from that initial, uh, well, it has to be the website, the communications right on there and um, initial emails. Um, but yeah. And, and again, uh, talking to people as soon as possible, having some sort of face to face, having a talk with them to just say, you are totally on board. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, it doesn't happen now, but maybe up until a couple of years ago, it still did. And I would have to let people go. I would have to like say to them, I'm, I, I'm not going to be able to give you what you want. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to kind of, if you want this kind of thing, there are people out there who are far better at that kind of thing than I am. You know, I'm like, I can do it, but it'll be done in my way. And you yeah. might not like that if this is your idea of what you want your wedding photography to be. So I would be doing them a disservice and myself, if I agreed to do that and try and like hack it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, from the commercial perspective, the last thing you want is unhappy clients, isn't it? So you, you can sort that out right from the beginning, like you say, yeah. with the, with the communications on the website and everything else. You're very, very comfortable now in your, in the style that you're shooting and the development of that. And obviously it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an ever evolving thing, isn't it? It's going to change and more for yeah, the years. Things are, um, things are changing now. Um, I mean, the way that I shoot, the way that I shoot, or the way that I have shot weddings, the way that I shoot personal work, I mean, that is being uh, constantly refined, so to speak. Um, and the more that I shoot, the more that I understand about what it is that I'm doing, the more that I shoot, the more I understand how I want um, my photographs to look. And it started off as I apply this understanding of, this not wanting to get um too off track but this kind of free jazz idea that you just kind of go with it and whatever comes of it comes of it i think that as time is moving on now i'm becoming more aware of photography itself and the great of photography there is some structure there and no matter how loose that structure is that structure's there um, and what I'm doing now is I'm thinking about that while I'm photographing rather than trying to fit that into the photographs that I've already made. So things are changing, man. Things move. And I, I would just be bored if I was doing it, the same thing over and over and over again. And then hopefully trying to find some good in that. 
that's not really a way forward for me now. It's not, it's not really an option. Um, and the expectation, my job is now to go out and make work. And I can't just go out and go, hey, let's just have a laugh and a carry on and see if something comes from it. I have to go out purpose, purposefully to get what it is that I, that I want. That's the paradox though, isn't it? In a lot of ways in that if you, again, if you look at a lot of your work, especially on the face of it, it can look, it can look a bit like a, like you say, like you said before, a little bit like a piss take in some ways, but it definitely yeah, yeah. isn't. And a snapshot and like, yeah. So what, what if, what would you say if anything, at the, at, well, not, not right now in the 2020 that we're in, but what is it, what frustrates you about, about your work, about photography at the moment? Well, I think if we look at my work, what frustrates me about that is it's never good enough. And I think that um, we always try to, we always have to find ways to be happy with our own work. It's not, it's not like I'm not happy with it, but I can look at stuff that I shot a year ago and go, oh God, that's fucking awful. That like, if somebody showed me that and said, what do you think? Oh, it's fucking terrible, mate. There's clearly no thought behind it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, there is, but it, it, it's, it's a funny thing. It's never good enough. And I'm sure that within another couple of years, things will change again. Yeah. Um, and then what I get, um, from, the wider uh, photography community is like, oh, your work's not the same as it was. Like, it's not as good as it was. It's like, well, wh- wh- what do you mean? Like, sold I'm not out, trying to sold please out you. all over again. Sold out all over again. I'm not trying to please you. <laughs> I'm trying to fulfill my own, um, my own kind of needs. And what I want to do has got nothing to do with anybody else. And just because I don't live up to your expectation of what you think that I am, that is not my fault. <laughs> You know, so just you get on with what you're doing and I'll get on. And I, hey man, it all goes out there and it, it once it's out there, people are open to say whatever they want about it, yeah. but, uh, which I have done myself in the past on numerous occasions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're well capable. Wait, do you find, I mean, you talk, you, my question was what, what frustrates you? Now, that obviously is a frustration, but do you find you, that as a photographer, you have to find enjoyment in that frustration? Like you have to, it's, all, you have, it's all part of the process, man. Yeah, that's exactly. So you, so you have to kind of accept that you're never going to be happy. And well, not, no, not and, accept that you're never going to be happy. Always accept that you always have to try and do better. Yeah. It's not that I'm like unhappy. It's not like I'm yeah. like crying <laughs> into my conflicts about like how bad my photographs were a year ago. It's kind of, it's just an understanding that, hey man, it's a minor frustration. And if that's the only frustration I've got, then hey, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. So it's back to the whole project side of thing. And you talk about, oh, you see, I, I think you see all of your project projects as kind of open-ended in a lot of ways, unless they're a commercial thing. So mm-hmm. what's the, what's the plan for when you are able to get back out there and, and do these things? What's the plan for those projects and new projects? Um, like I've got like a whole list of stuff, man, that's um, all kind of ready to go. Uh, what's, if we look at what's happened over the last what, five months now with um, COVID, um, I mean, that in itself has brought about a different uh, way of thinking about what it is that I'm doing. And um, I kind of got swept away a little bit, I think, with the uh, promotion that uh, and all the exposure that came last year and nearly again left weddings behind and moved on to other things. And I think not shooting them for so long, it's made me realize that that work itself is really important to me. Um, shooting weddings is incredibly important to me. It's important for the people that I shoot for. Um, and I think to some extent, it's important to um, the wider wedding photography community. Um, Do you know, I'm, I don't keep away from um, communities on purpose. 
I'm just not comfortable in those kind of places, you know. It's yeah, like yeah. I'm like a lone wolf Weldon kind of thing. I'm like, and it's 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 always been like that. And it's not like I hate them and I hate the people and I hate the wedding photography community. It's just that I don't sit really well with it. But I am trying, man. I know I'm trying, dude. Um, so I I kind of think that my plan is moving forward is to be more um, involved with the wedding photography community because if from what I do, I don't want people to do what I do. I want people to kind of think for themselves. And mm. that only comes from an understanding. I, I believe it comes from an understanding of what photography is. And that has been strengthened by the fact that since lockdown, I bought myself a keyboard. I've been learning jazz piano, man. Um, but understanding, learning skills and understanding your skills really helps you do what you feel is right. You, the, the, you can fill in the gaps, you know, you can kind of, you can pick it up from there and go, well, this is how it is. And I understand all of the skills. I can go anywhere I want. I don't have to be confined to only knowing three chords. Yeah. You know? So I think of, from my involvement within the wedding photography community, which gets misconstrued and people go, yeah, I can do whatever I want. I'm going to do it exactly like Ian Weldon. <laughs> well, you can't do it exactly like me because uh, uh, probably everything that we've, or disgust kind of shows that you can't do it like me. I'll do it like me because I'm me and you should do it like you because you're you. If that's what you want to do, if you want the kind of personal approach. So there's a more of an involvement with what's going on wedding wise. Oh, Hey man, like I'm off to uh, Sicily on Wednesday to shoot a, a, an engagement party, which is nice. Um, so that's my first job in five months. It's the longest I've ever been without shooting anything. And this is again made me think about the weddings and why then I'm why I'm shooting that. But I had like I've been having dreams about being there and not having my batteries charged and like <laughs> which is pretty weird. Even Ian Weldon, I am not a wedding photographer, has wedding photography dreams. Wedding yeah. photography dreams. Yeah. Right, about yeah. I turned up uh, yeah, without my batteries being charged. And then trying to figure out how I would keep my batteries charged during the day. It's just been fucking, uh, yeah. But I've got all of my batteries and all my cameras and flash guns and it's all here, man. And I'm making sure everything's ready for my first wedding in, well, my first event in a few months. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's coming along. Things are starting to move. Hopefully, yeah, I will be um, at the end of October going to Benidorm to shoot the... 10th anniversary of the Elvis Fiesta. That'll be, that sounds right up your street. It is right up my street, mate. But again, that's, I'm not doing that for payment. I'm yeah. paying my own way there because I want to go and shoot it. Yeah. Because it's interesting. It's like these Elvis guys are at the top of their game. That's, I think that's kind of my point earlier, really, when I was asking about how you get into these documentary projects and you have to think them exactly as that. Because a lot of people think, oh, I'd love to shoot the Elvis Fiesta in Benidorm. How do, do I, how do I get paid to do that? You know, that's what some people's, Mm, brains would mm, go well mm. I'm a photographer so I get paid for doing photography so yeah, I must be able yeah, to yeah, get yeah. paid for doing that and if I don't get paid I'm not going to go whereas you yeah. go oh my word that seems really interesting I'm definitely going there to take pictures of that regardless of whether anybody wants you to or whether, or yeah, even yeah, more yeah. so whether anybody yeah. wants to pay to do it so I think that's that's one like huge mindset shift that you have to take if you're actually going to consider yourself a documentary photographer yeah you need to go and make the work man and it's it's about making the work it's about photography it's not it's not about being paid for it you know, hey, somewhere down the line, you might, you know, but even I, I would say that even wedding photographers um, should really take that time to shoot a couple of things a year if they want to just go and do it, go and shoot it, you know, and yeah. not be concerned because wedding photographers make decent fucking money, most of them, don't they? 
it's not it's not like the kind of going i can't fi- i can't afford 500 quid for a couple of days in benedorm they can do it if they want to do plus it becomes tax deductible at that point as well tax deductible indeed it's all yeah. travel expenses and it's all it's all work now i'm as guilty as i have anybody though anyway i mean I've, there's a thing i'd love to go in i'd love to go to but i'd love to shoot it as well it's called duke fest it's in clarksdale mississippi and uh, right. i would just love to go to it but i'd love to what is it what, what's involved in that it's just a blues duke festival like All right, okay. and you can imagine the type of, and it's in it's on this like old kind of ranch that's been converted into a not a ranch like an old like plantation style place that's been converted right, okay. into a hotel mm-hmm. with shacks and stuff and it's just uh-huh. the coolest place I've, I've ever been to and then every april they do a, this duke fest right but it takes place in the whole town it's a very small town uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and it just i just i love that kind of music and i'd love to go to it so you i reckon you might have inspired me in a way to just go you know what i'm going to make that happen Contact the org- contact whoever organises it. Tell them that just tell them you're a documentary photographer or, or a photographer from England. You're really interested. You you would love to come and shoot it. They'll get their pictures for their own archive and their own promotion. You know, and it's kind. Of, I know photographers will go and shoot stuff for free, but then try and sell the pictures to the. It's like no, they're they're letting you in there to do it. You're getting something from. Give them the pictures. Let yeah. them use them for whatever they want. You know. That's yeah. kind of the give your access, but hey, man, make contact. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's just going back to the like finding finding a renewed appreciation and gratitude for being a wedding photographer. Is I think a lot of even even those of us who were who weren't considering stepping back from the industry have found that during the during twenty twenty, you know, not being being some, somehow being banned from shooting the thing that you is your bread and butter in a way. Yeah, I, 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 hey, man, I bet it's been. Um, a- fucking nightmare for some people like to be fair um but we talked we talked at the beginning didn't we about how uh in the, in the end we just felt like we had to embrace the fact that it was time off and time to reflect and time to recharge yeah, yeah. and all the rest of it it's not often we um get that time um and we should take uh, as many positives from it as we can no matter i mean no matter how bad things are we can take some positives from it um but yeah like to see this time off take the time to rethink and um we like how often do we get, we just plow ahead next job to the next job to the next client to the kind of whatever it is that we're doing and never take time to stop and think about it. And as a positive from COVID, it has given me time to think, you know, um, which is, which is not a bad thing. Matt. But you're still not a wedding photographer. Do you know what though? I am a wedding photographer. <laughs> 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 On record, Ian Weldon is a wedding photographer. I am. It's part of it's It's a huge part of what I do. And I've never done it in a way that I've, it may have come across like that. And I understand how it does come across like that. But like wedding photographers are fucking chumps and I'm brilliant. It's never, (laughs) it's never been like that, you know? I'm definitely slicing that out by the way and turning it into a soundbite all of its own. (laughs) Do it. Uh, But it's, man, it's, I was, all I was ever trying to do was kind of say that what I was doing was different. And it is, it's different to how wedding photographers approach and when in the running a business, I've never been interested in running a business. It's only ever really been about the photography. Yeah, revelation that, that even even when you do it that way, it can it can be a pretty solid business. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Again, going back to what I said, it's um, not shooting weddings has made me or helped me to realise uh, how important that work is, and uh, hopefully, I can still do it for as long as I can physically um, run around and do it. You know. All right, hit it. So he is a wedding photographer. Revelation. 
thanks a million to Ian for his passion and honesty and for being on the Dotcast. See more of Ian's wedding and documentary work at ianweldon.com. You can listen to previous Dotcast episodes wherever you like. And for more about us and what we do, head to 9-dots.co. I'm Batman.